Your future marriage relationship can bring you incredible joy or really deep pain. And you might not realize it, but your single years have a very important role to play. Welcome to the Loving Your Husband Before You Even Have One podcast. We are discussing important topics so you can use your single years well. Welcome back to the Loving Your Husband podcast, and the gang's all here today. We've got everybody in the studio. Uh, Adrian, we really missed you um, in our sex discussion a few weeks ago. <laughs> that it was just me and Kim, and I feel like we held down the fort, but we we missed you. We wished you were you were with us. You know, maybe I could have added something to the conversation because you know I just I know a little bit about it considering we are pregnant right now. <laughs> So would have been able to add just a little bit, but I'm sure it was great. Well, I feel like we did have a really good discussion. Um, I hope it was really helpful. And we're going to have another great discussion today on commitment. So when you guys hear the words marriage and commitment, how does it make you feel? Well, it feels a little different for me because I am married. I am in a committed relationship. But I do remember in my single years just... I guess you could say maybe like fearful of like what commitment could look like because I hadn't really ever committed to anything like that big or that permanent in my life before. Like I remember being a high school student and you're like, where am I going to go to college? And you're just like, it's a four year commitment. It's not that big of a deal. Or if you don't like the college, you can always transfer or, you know, you join the sorority. If I don't like the sorority, I can drop. And so always just felt like there was always a way out in anything that I had committed to before. But marriage obviously is a much bigger deal than choosing a college or choosing a sorority. And so I'm excited that we're going to dive into more on commitment today. And, you know, we had an intern this summer and she was so helpful in getting to poll our audience and other young college students. And she actually asked them about marriage and commitment and wanted to get their thoughts. So we have a few quotes that we want to share with you guys and see how these young women responded when they heard about words like marriage and commitment. So one girl said, marriage scares me a little because my parents are divorced, as well as a lot of my family members. So I just really don't want divorce to be my story as well. Another girl said, my parents have a really bad marriage and I still see marriage as a gift, but it's hard for me to believe that I could ever have a marriage that can truly last forever and make it through every trial. She said, my parents were believers and they still got divorced. Hmm. Another girl said, fear of lifelong commitment. Uh, She can't commit to a game night. So how will I commit (laughs) to one person forever? Gosh, I feel that. Sometimes I'm the person that backs out a game night last minute. Um, but what would it be like to date this other guy? What if it's better? Just kind of overall the Gen Z struggle with commitment. Another couple of girls, this one girl said, I am really excited about marriage, but the divorce stats really scare me because I'm worried that I won't actually end up with the right person. You know, what if I marry the wrong person? And another girl said, Marriage is serious, and I don't want a worldly marriage because I can see that the world's way is clearly not working with how many people get divorced. So perhaps you can relate to one of these young women. So I'm glad we're going to talk about marriage and commitment today. 
Oh, yeah. I feel like I can relate to these girls a lot. And just kind of as a single girl on the podcast, I've been in different relationships over the years. And fear of commitment has definitely um, played a role in my life. And I think I just really feel for the girls out there that are, are a little spooked by commitment. Because living in the world of social media, you just see so many relationships, so many guys, so many girls, and it's just hard to not compare yourself or your current dating relationship to what you just see on Instagram or on TikTok. And it makes the idea of commitment scary because you're like, well, what if I commit and then I meet this other guy and I'm like, man, I wish I was single so I could date that guy. I think it actually is, y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a proven fact that too many options actually create anxiety. And we're living in an age where we have so many options um, and it's actually not necessarily a good thing. I mean, Kim, you capsuled your wardrobe for that very reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I do better when I have limited options. But yeah, I think that's just, it's so interesting because I think about, you know, what if we lived in the early like 1900s or whatever, you probably would get married to someone that you knew, maybe someone that like lived down the farm or someone that your parents knew. But then now, I mean, you could marry someone halfway across the world, like with technology and the internet, it's like, yeah, like the possibilities are endless of who you could commit your life to. And so I definitely see how that can be paralyzing for some to think about, yeah, what if I what if I do marry the wrong person? And I appreciate just the honesty from all of these young women and what they shared because, you know, I was single and almost 30 when my parents divorced and it just rocked my world. I mean, I saw a new side to my parents and their relationship And there was a period of time as a single woman, you know, here I'd been waiting for God's best all this time. And then I was like, wait a minute, maybe I don't want to get married after all. This is really messy and hard. And uh, so it was it was good for me to kind of work through some of those things before Sean came around. And Kim, thanks for thanks for sharing that. Like, that's really hard. And I know a lot of people might have experienced divorce at a young age, yes. you know, when they were five, six, seven, 10, 13 years old. But I'm sure experiencing it when you're 30 and your brain's more developed, like you can actually really take in all that's going on. And I'm sure that was just, yeah, you yeah. saw a different side. Yeah, sure. I did. Yeah. And the girl, the quote that really stuck out to me was the girl who said her parents got divorced and they were believers. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's really hard. It's like, man, like if believers struggle to stay committed, like what what are the odds of that happening Mm -hmm. to me one day? Um, And just being afraid to step into that because you just see it happen often. So I think that's real. I'm really glad we're going to talk about it. Me too. Another one of the quotes that I found interesting was just that girl that had mentioned, like, what if someone better comes along? And, you know, I've heard people talk about FOMO all the time, you know, like the fear of missing out. But have you guys heard about FOBO, like the fear of a better <laughs> No. <offer>? What? So, <laughs> yes, FOBO. That's good. And oh my so gosh. it's this fear of commitment to like do anything like game night, for instance, because you're like, what if something like better comes along that I could oh. say yes to so I don't have to like go back and say no. And so I wonder how that just plays out in dating and relationships of, man, I don't want to like ever settle down with someone because a better offer may come later. I don't know. Yeah. And I think that's a can be a hard tension because it's like we want to wait for God's best obviously you know we want to wait for a godly man but i think the other extreme is kind of waiting for like your perfect fit maybe or like 
I get, we've talked about negotiables and non-negotiables, maybe like waiting for somebody that hits all of your negotiables as well. Um, I think there's lots of godly men out there would, that would be great in a committed marriage. Um, but I think the a FOBO, the FOBO mindset probably keeps girls from committing to that guy. That's good, Adrian. <laughs> yeah, that is. Well, marriage is wonderful and it was worth waiting for, but it, and it is worth waiting for, but it does take preparation. And so I'm glad we're having this conversation, but if you do want to get married someday, you'll need to be all in when the time comes because you don't want to be the runaway bride. I don't even know if y'all know about that movie, but you don't want to be the runaway bride. Julia Roberts. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Yep. Look it up. Well, I used to love that movie. I feel like now I watch it and I'm like, man, that really wasn't super healthy. <laughs> and But even the theme of that movie is like, man, she just had to meet the right guy. And then she stopped running away from relationships. But I don't think that's necessarily necessarily true. Um, but she so had like some she preparation to do because like there were some things that mm -hmm. she needed to kind of process and work through mm. that may oh, yeah. be able okay. to. Okay, marriage doesn't solve all your okay, problems. Okay, maybe there are some good <laughs> themes. Maybe there are some there good are some That's a good themes. point, Kim. Yeah, because I saw good. it as older, you know, but. Yes, yes. Yeah, and I think, you know, just because you go to church or you marry a guy who goes to church, that doesn't mean that you or he has what it takes for commitment and marriage. Um, at its core, a marriage is simply a promise you make to God and your spouse. So faithfulness is really a, a critical component of marriage. And so today we're going to talk about some insights to consider if you're a little bit spooked by the idea of commitment and marriage. So no, you're not alone. Um, a lot of girls requested us to talk about this, so we were excited to jump into it. But Adrian, would you want to share our first insights? Oh yeah. So first of all, you want to use your single years to become a faithful woman. So a faithful woman is someone who keeps her commitments. And so, you know, we brought this example up a lot, you know, can't committing to game night. How can I commit to one person forever? That fear of commitment in a relationship. What would it be like to date this other guy? Or what if it's better? You know, that, you know, we all struggle with commitments, not just Gen Z out there. It's it's all of us. Um, but yeah, in Exodus 34, 6 through 7, God describes himself and he says he's abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And there's lots of verses, but God keeps his word. And as his followers, we are to be faithful too in that. Because, you know, our whole podcast is about what can we practice growing in and our singleness that's going to prepare us for marriage one day. And I like that we don't have to wait till our wedding day to practice being committed women of God, that there are other lots of ways we need to build maybe our commitment muscle, if you will, um, while we're single to prepare ourselves to commit to one person for the rest of our life. Luke 16, 10 actually says, if we're faithful and little, little, we're going to be faithful in much. So if you guys are in a Bible study, be committed to that Bible study. Show up every week. Don't be a flaky person. Guys, if you're a little bit flaky, you're probably not ready for marriage. That might be hard, hard to hear. <laughs> but if that describes you, man, start building your commitment muscle and show up to the things that you've committed to. If you say you're going to call your friend, then call her. If you say you're going to do something, then do it. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. All of the decisions we make really build our reputation. Um, sometimes we've referred to that as a track record. So what you've done in the past is really the best predictor for what you're going to do in the future. And so if you don't have a track record or a reputation of being a committed person, um, that's not you don't need to feel shame about that. Um, but it might be a good idea to even ask people in your life, you know, am I a committed person or what are ways that I could grow in commitment if I want to be 
um, committed in a marriage one day. What do you guys think about that? Oh, I agree. I mean, if you don't like being an uncommitted, unfaithful type person, start taking steps to change that, you know, start little, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not going to commit to something this week unless I know that I can follow through with it, you know, whether it's that responsibility or a text or a call or picking something up for somebody, but just to start building that faithfulness muscle, because I think because God is such a faithful God, that's one of his key characteristics as his followers, we need to be faithful. And if we're going to follow God, we need to grow in this area. I love that, Kim. And I think about the other end of the spectrum too. Like, you know, you have the people that are flaky, maybe say yes to everything, but don't actually follow through on the commitment to everything. What about the girl who just simply doesn't say yes to anything, just kind of leaves people on red, you know, just as like, I'm not going to commit to anything. I think for her, she also has a muscle to start training. You know, she needs to potentially say yes to something so that she can walk through the muscle building of actually showing up to something that she's committed to. Yeah, that's a good point, Adrian. I'm glad you pointed that out. I think some of the benefits of working on this when you're single is that as you make these commitments and as you keep them, this is going to build your own confidence going into marriage that you can do this, that you can be committed. You'll be able to face future hard times because you have a past of track record, like you talked about, Leah, of facing hard things. And you've had a chance to see God help you and work with you. And you've grown in that area. You need that confidence going into marriage. That makes me think too, that, you know, commitment is a good thing to be looking for in, in the single men around you. You know, if you're considering the type of guy you want to marry, you want to see a guy that also has commitment muscles. You know, it's not, it's not all about the actual muscles, ladies. (laughs) Like we want to see his commitment (laughs) muscles. That was a little cheesy. Sorry. But I like it. You know, it's not, his muscles are not going to matter three years into marriage when he, if he isn't committed to you, if he's not a committed person. So that's That's also, I think a good thing to look for. And faithful men are looking for faithful women. Mm. And as faithful women, we should be looking for faithful men. Which, Adrian, why don't you share our second point? You know, that is our second point. (laughs) So to look for and choose a faithful man. And so if faithfulness isn't on that non-negotiable list, which I know we talked about that briefly earlier, you have your non-negotiables, which are the things that you must have in a spouse in contrast to your negotiables, which would be like, oh, maybe you have like height or hair color or hobbies as just a preference. Those things are all negotiables, but non-negotiable faithfulness. You need to add that to your list right now. So let's flush this out a little bit. Does he keep his word even when it hurts? Does he ghost you? Mm. If he does, mm -mm, gotta let him go. Drop him. Yeah. (laughs) If he ghosted you, his word is flimsy and he just showed you that he cannot be faithful and do hard things. So just let him go. (laughs) (laughs) You know that um, when you said Uh, He keeps his word even when it hurts. It makes me think of Psalm 15. And because that's where that verse, that's where that phrase comes from. And it's like the person who dwells close to God, that's a characteristic that they have is that they keep their word even when it hurts. Mm. And, you know, we just don't really 
uh, talk about that a lot in our culture because we don't want to hurt. You know, we just, we want easy. But that's a characteristic, I think, of a follower of Christ. That makes me curious. Can y'all think of a time that you kept your word even when it hurts? Sometimes for me, this is like, not it doesn't hurt that bad but sometimes it is hard, but it is keeping social commitments. Like there, I think sometimes as an introvert, I feel tempted to want to back out of social commitments that I've made last minute. But that actually is something I've seen myself grown in a lot in my 20s, and which has been good for my relationships and good for my character. So that's just kind of a yeah. smaller one. But I'm curious what comes to y'all's mind. You know, I think of this, I'm going to brag on my husband a little bit since we were talking about, you know, finding a faithful man. But when he was in college, and this, a friend, um, a guy from his church told me this. When we started dating, he came up and said, you know, I just have so much admiration for your boyfriend. Uh, But he committed to this work project at church, and all of the students that he had recruited to help him backed out. Mm -hmm. And so instead of Sean just saying, hey, man, I'm so sorry, we couldn't, you know, uh, pull this off. Everybody backed out. He went to a homeless shelter <laughs> and gathered three or four guys and said, Hey, we all come help me with this project. I can't remember if he paid, gave him lunch or something, you know, as a result of wow. it. But, um, and that guy said, I will never forget that, that here's this college guy who keeps his word. And okay, I'm going to keep going with this because I do have a bit probably the biggest example in my own life is, you know, we have three sons and two of them are adopted. So we've gone through the home study process twice. And I feel like I need to have a t-shirt that just said, we survived home study. (laughs) Is (laughs) that a homeschool, Kim? Is home study and homeschool? No, it's not homeschool. It's a home study. It's like a social worker comes into your house she reads all your financials, all your financial paperwork. She interviews people that know you. She just wants to find out, is this a good home to place a child? Mm. So they kind of put you through the ringer. And so we survived it twice, you know. Oh, yeah. But, no family's perfect. So I'm sure they yeah. find some stuff on you. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. I remember one time she came out over and she goes, your house smells like bleach. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I want to be clean. I want you to know I'm clean. So this adoption lady, you know, social worker comes in and she probes because she wants to find out, you know, is this a good home? And she asked some really, really uncomfortable and tough questions. And one of the ones that she asked me was, do you think Sean will ever leave you? Because you're, you're not able to have more children biologically. And I was first of all a little bit offended <laughs> but sure. then it was like okay first of all Sean picked me and he's the one who started this relationship and so that's an issue between Sean and God and his relationship with God if he's disappointed in how things have turned out because you know hey he he came after me so I'm 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 really glad especially at that moment that I didn't manipulate the situation to get him to like me or something like that. And the second thing was that I was able to say, you know, Sean, and in the years I've known him and dated him in our marriage, he's never given me reason to doubt that he's an unfaithful man. Um, He's shown over and over again that he is faithful and he keeps his commitments and he keeps his promises. And so I can rest in that. 
And that mm. was a real comfort to me. I mean, that's real life, but that happened in our lives. Wow. I just wonder what the social worker was thinking when yeah. you know, she heard your response to that question. I wonder if that was a normal answer I don't or know. not. But I, don't I think know. that shows your confidence, Kim, confidence in the Lord and confidence in the one who you married. And mm. I think you spoke really highly of his character. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, it pays off. Good character pays off. <laughs> so another point that I would like to bring up you know, we talked about becoming a woman of faithfulness and looking for a man of faithfulness. But I also think it's really important during your single years to grow in your understanding of marriage and the realities of marriage. Mm. Because I think if you enter marriage with wrong ideas of what love and marriage are supposed to be and do, you will have problems. Because these unrealistic expectations are always going to leave you disappointed and looking elsewhere, you know. And it's just like I remember reading online, uh, divorce.com of all places. I didn't even know that was a website. but Yeah, it is. I did. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it, that unrealistic and unmet expectations rank in the top 10 reasons marriages fail. Wow. Mm. So is this a website all on, like, why divorces happen it's, or stats? Well, the divorce.com, it's actually how to get divorced. It's wow. like, you know, you can you can go through a divorce online. But they wow. just, actually, I went to the site this week just to check on it, and they didn't have the top 10 reasons posted. It was mainly for, uh, you know, how to get a divorce. Okay. So. Man. I know. It's pretty sad. But... But I think, Kim, it speaks to that reality. It's like you have to have an understanding of the expectations of marriage and the reality of marriage. And yeah, I think a lot of people can go into it of like, hey, what can I like receive? What can I receive um, mm -hmm. from this marriage when God ultimately calls us to give of ourselves in marriage? Yeah, that's true. And too, I mean, I, I've heard too, like there's just things you won't learn about your spouse until you get married. You know, you can you date know everything. As, yeah, <laughs> as well as you. I think I, hearing that as a, as a single girl has made me be like, oh, well, then how can I commit? Like, <laughs> how can I commit if I'm going to learn things like that? What if I don't like, you know, what if I, you know, I didn't commit to those things. Um, I remember so, wondering if like Dave was like a huge snore or something like that. Cause it's like, you know, we didn't kiss before we got married. We hadn't slept in the same bed, like hadn't slept under like the same, you know, like room ever. And so I'm like, what if he like snores or what if he sleepwalks or what if he like does some weird thing in the middle of the night? Like, and I'm stuck with that for <laughs> the rest of my life. But I remember being like, you know what, if that is, that'll be a funny story to share one day <laughs> with some people. And that's just the reality. Like no one, no one is perfect. And that's not a reason not to marry him because he snores or sleepwalks or, you know, twitches throughout the middle of the night. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are no perfect marriages. There are no perfect men and there are no perfect women either. Yep. You know, I mean, we, I have things too that they're I probably going to find out. And I'm yeah. like, oh, no. well, I just think, I mean, you, you pick your non-negotiables and you find someone who meets those and then you commit to them commit. and trust God with the rest, yep. you know, like if he so. snores or if he changes, I mean, because your people don't stay the same and that's actually mm -hmm. a good thing, especially as a believer, we're going to grow and develop and 
But when you're committed to God and each other, you're able to kind of work through some of those things. And, um, but yeah, I've learned new things about Sean being married that kind of surprised me. And I'm sure he learned some things about me that surprised him. So would y'all say as married women that there is, there is going to be some like unmet or missed expectations and that's, that's normal just because like, we're not going to know the person we marry. Okay. I think that can be comforting. Yes. Okay. So Elizabeth Elliot, one of my heroes, she even put like a percentage on it. She said, if the man has 80%, like a man, like 80% met her expectations. I mean, for crying out loud, she was married to Jim Elliot. Who's like a famous martyr, you know? He's a king. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, for Elizabeth Elliot to say that, it's like, hey, you know? And because marriage is not the end all, marriage is supposed to be just a picture of eternity with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so it's not supposed to meet all of our, our, our deepest needs. You know, it's supposed to point us to Christ in our relationship with him. Yes, that I, that's helpful. So there will be just some missed expectations in marriage regardless, but there's also things that we can do to have as accurate expectations in marriage as we can. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Good what are point. some ways that we can do that? Well, let me let me let us go back to just the importance of growing in the realities of marriage. I think like just knowing that from like Elizabeth Elliot, you know, that's like 80%. <laughs> so you want to choose the 80% really wisely. But some ways that you can grow in your understanding of realities of marriage is to study marriage in the Bible. You know, when it starts talking about marriage, listen in, start taking notes. Let the Bible shape your view of marriage rather than the culture or TikTok, you know. Mm. Um, and get around some godly women who have a marriage that you admire, start plugging into community and getting to know women, real life women, and and start to learn some of the ups and downs about marriage and the realities. I'm so grateful for the older women that I had in my life who helped me grow in that as a single woman. And that's something that really paid off a lot later. Oh, yeah. And, and I think reading good books about marriage um, you know, I think sometimes as single women, we're like, oh, no, no, I don't want to read any books on marriage. But I do <laughs> mm-hmm. think that a few key books or podcasts, different things can really help us understand what marriage was made for. One thing that has actually really helped me um, with my fear of commitment and just understand commitment um, is this sermon series that's based on Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage. Ooh, that's a good one. So I haven't actually read The Meaning of Marriage, but this sermon series, I subscribed to Timothy Keller's sermons. And so it just randomly came up on my Spotify. And so I've been listening to like this eight part series on the oh, meaning awesome. of marriage. And it's been incredible. It's been so good. Exactly what I, exactly, uh, what I needed. Um, and he teaches that being able to stay committed in a marriage for your whole life, it doesn't happen by finding your perfect person. Mm-hmm. It happens through sacrificing for that person for years. Mm-hmm. Like when you get nothing back, that's what creates love that lasts. And he said it's actually the reason why parents love their kids, mm-hmm. which was interesting because when you think about it as a mom, like with a baby, like you are sacrificing day after day for years and getting 
literally nothing back and parents love their kids and so yeah. if that that same type of love happens in marriage whenever you sacrifice for that person and get nothing back so that's like helped me so much like i think i spent a lot of my single years thinking i just need to wait till I find somebody that I'm so infatuated by that I think it'll last me 60 years. Like I'll live off of that high for 60 years. But now I feel like I can really have confidence that committing to and sacrificing for a godly man will actually increase my love and desire to stay committed to him over time. And then it's cool because then he does that same thing for me, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Leah, you're loving your husband before you even have one. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying with all you all you gals out there. I feel like that's just helped a lot. Yeah, but I, I highly recommend that book, The Meaning of Marriage. I think it's an excellent read. I think I wish every single person would read it. Well, you know, Kim, you mentioned this um, just briefly, but I feel like we should unpack it a little bit because I feel like it's a great point. But in, you know, that fear of commitment, use your single years to find some trusted mm -hmm. married mentors. And so I think some of those mentors could be, you know, maybe you're um, post-grad and you've had a few of your friends already get married that you really respect their walk with God. You can kind of walk alongside them as you're watching them do do marriage for the first time, but then also to find some people that are a little bit more seasoned and have a couple years or maybe even decades of marriage under their belt. Like I think I have a lot to learn from people that have been married 30, 40 years when I'm over here just being married for. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And Proverbs 13, 20 tells us that he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. And so if you begin these relationships with these wise people and learning from them, it's going to benefit you in your life. And, you know, it's so funny. It's like being single. I was like, how come everybody's getting married before me? Huh? But the thing is, you can learn from those who got married before you. And so it actually, it actually allows you to learn from their mistakes and to make different choices. And anyway, that that's just really helpful. But I think having mentors really builds confidence in marriage and in your commitment because you've got other people speaking into your life and you're not just relying on your own perspective. You've got people who can see other perspectives. Like I've always talked about mentors are like rearview mirrors. They can see mm -hmm. a different angle and they can add value into the discussion and help you think through things. And Jen, my friend Jen talked about this just a few episodes ago in uh, one in episode 101 and she just talked about how important it is to have mentors that that can really help you build confidence i think something else too that can help is uh pre-engagement counseling which oh, i've had yeah. lots of friends um do pre-engagement counseling which i had never heard of i didn't really know that people did counseling before they got engaged but it makes a lot <laughs> of sense you know before you post it on social media you can actually kind of go through some intentional conversations with the person you're dating and another couple um, people go through different books um, there's I've heard of lots of different things that people do for pre-engagement counseling but I think I wish I would have known about that resource more when I was single to know like if you are in a dating relationship and you're afraid of commitment that can be a really great option for you guys to really talk through like man is this the type of person I want to commit to what are some conversations we need to have to kind of help either one of us feel more ready to be committed um, and just getting to talk through that with another couple, um, I think can build a lot of confidence for, for girls and guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I don't think it has to be super formal or anything. You know, it could be you and your boyfriend maybe approach like an older couple at church that has been married for, you know, 10 years, 20 years, something like that and go, hey, like we would um, love to, you know, pursue next steps in our relationship, you know, if that's engagement, if that's marriage, and we really admire your marriage and would love to just get a few dinners with you guys and kind of go over um, and learn from you guys about marriage and help us. We would love for your input into our lives to see if that would be a good, you know, next step for us. I don't think it has to be this, like, I got this packet off the internet and here's this 12-week Bible study to go through. It's like, I'm sure that's great. And if you do that, awesome. But I think it can also be super casual where you just invite another couple to speak into your life. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point, Adrian. And, you know, if you're a young woman and because it's not well known, this whole pre-engagement counseling, um, I remember I didn't know if Sean knew about pre-engagement counseling. And of course, this was 25 years ago. And I just I even said when we were dating and he started talking more about the future, I said, you know, a few of my friends have done this thing called pre-engagement counseling, where they meet with another couple and just kind of delve into some deeper questions, you know, about what the next steps would be like. And, uh, you know, if we do move forward, would it be all right if we looked into that? And so I think that's an, that's a nice way to introduce it to someone who may not be familiar with it. What do y'all think of that? Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. And another thought I had too, is that if, you know, you and the guy you're dating walk through pre-engagement counseling and you decide to not get engaged, that is also a win. Like the win of doing something like pre-engagement counseling is not to come out engaged. It's to come out with like a decision, like to move forward or to pump the brakes or to end the relationship entirely. It kind of gives you that like crossroads of like, okay, we've been dating. What do we do? What do we do next? (laughs) Yes. But it seems like more churches are like providing this type of content. I know there's a program called Merge. Yeah. And it's really good. And Sean and I have used um, Saving Your Marriage Before It Starts Mm -hmm. is a wonderful program. They call it the Simbus program. So I just wanted to throw those two resources out. There's one more point that I would love to make in this discussion too, is that I think it's important that if you are a little fearful of marriage and commitment is to realize that once you say I do, who you marry is the one for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you stop looking at the grass is greener. It's kind of the whole FOBO that you're talking mm-hmm. about, Adrian, that you you make a choice. It's like, okay, God, I'm believing this man to be the one for me. And I'm going to trust that you're going to work in and through our relationship mm-hmm. no matter what to help us become who we need to be and you stop looking over the grass is greener in other yards you just start watering your own Mm -hmm. grass and you make your marriage the very best Mm -hmm. what do you think adrian as the other married woman oh yeah i completely and wholeheartedly stand by this because i think a lot of married people and you know with instagram and social media you just see a lot of memes out there but people like joke about divorce a lot like married people do and they joke about it you know in a playful sense where it seems like not harmful but i i come from the camp where i think that's actually extremely harmful because you're kind of lightening mm-hmm. the commitment of marriage like slowly over time and i think it just over time you know that just tends to get little cracks and cracks and cracks and eventually it could break and so 
if you're going to get married, you have to go into that marriage knowing that divorce is not an option, that Mm -hmm. your vows that you said before the Lord, that you said no matter what, like in sickness and in health, no matter what comes, if there's if you lose a job, if you have some severe health condition, like you're committing to this person no matter what, and then they're committing to you no matter what. Yeah, that's good. Phil Robertson, uh, you know, of Duck Dynasty, he had a quote, and he said, you know, God can work in any relationship if you let him, but there could be some pain if you don't choose wisely. Mm. And so that's kind of why we're here, you know, on the podcast. We are trying to help young women make good choices on the front end so it's a lot easier on the back end yeah and i think my last thought for the single girls or the dating girls is you know maybe y'all are thinking what if i do everything i can and i commit and like the worst happens Mm -hmm. like what if I still get divorced. What if he has an affair? What if I have an affair? Like, what if like, I'm kind of can be a worst case scenario think you're like, but what if, what if this? And I think that, you know, the reason that you can still commit is because if the worst happens, Jesus is going to meet you there. Mm-hmm. Like he's going to meet you there and he's going to give you everything you need to walk through it. It doesn't mean it's not going to be extremely painful. Mm-hmm. Um, And ultimately, kind of what Kim was saying earlier, our hope isn't in having the perfect marriage. Our hope is in Jesus. And one day we will be with him again. You know, like that's the one thing we really can be sure of. We we can't be sure what hard things marriage or singleness is going to bring. But we can be sure that one day Mm. there's going to be no more pain, no more crying, no more grief in heaven with Jesus. And so ultimately heaven, heaven is our hope. And so you can step into that commitment. Well said, Leah. Single woman for the win. Woo, popping off. I love it. Well, let's wrap up some of the main points that we talked about, you know, when you are fearful or you're spooked of commitment. So first we talked about using your single years to become a faithful woman, a woman who keeps her commitments. We talked about also using your single years to look for and choose a faithful man. We also talked about in your single years, really trying to understand what marriage is and the realities of marriage so that you don't go in with any missed expectations. And then um, another one we talked about was using your single years to find some trusted married mentors. And then lastly, the one you say I do to is the one for you. Like he, he's your one. And so Kim, I love what you said about not looking for where the grass is greener, but watering the grass that you have right in front of you. So investing in your own marriage and not comparing it to the marriages of others. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us today. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion and we hope you'll join us again next time because we still have a lot to talk about.